great to see you this morning. My name's Peter. I'm one of the pastors here at Gateway. And I want to share with you this morning the good news about Christmas. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you felt like it was a very dark place to be. We used to live in a city in the northeast of New, uh, England called Newcastle. And uh, my mum and dad and some of the people that we worked with used to work with the young people in Newcastle. And one of our favorite things to do was to take the young people out into the country and take them away for weekends. For many of these kids who had lived within a streetlight, uh, half a block of a streetlight all their lives, they were not used to being outside in a place where it was absolutely, totally pitch dark at night. And so when it was cloudy and you couldn't see the moon and you couldn't see the stars, uh, some of these people uh, who were used to seeing lights everywhere they went uh, felt very nervous and very threatened. I remember taking out one night a group of young men, around 20, 21 year old guys. They'd been part of gangs and different things and and, uh, they were walking through these dark lanes in the middle of the night and they were getting more and more nervous and I was quite shocked These kids were not frightened of anything, it seemed, but here on this lane, they were frightened at night, and all of a sudden, they could hear this rustle in the bushes, and they just froze. What's that? And so somebody takes out a flashlight, and they shine a flashlight towards where the rustle was, and all these eyes suddenly shone back at them from from outside of the hedge, and they just freaked and shouted and ran and whatever, all it was cows. They were just quietly chewing their cud in the evening. But for these guys who were not used to such darkness, it was very threatening for them. I don't know if you know what it means to live and to walk in darkness. Darkness can happen in all sorts of different ways in our lives and at all sorts of different times. Sometimes it can happen in a moment and then it leaves. Sometimes it can happen fairly regularly, monthly, weekly. There are some people in our world, and you might be one of them this morning, who feel like you live in darkness all the time. You wake up with it in the morning, you go to bed with it at night, and everything in between feels dark. Well, I have some great news for you this morning, because I'm going to talk to you about the good news of Christmas. And the good news of Christmas is all about the light of the world coming to shine into our darkness and to deal with our darkness. And we're going to read some verses from the Bible this morning that talk about Christmas and what is going to happen at Christmas, actually written between 700 and 750 years before Jesus came. They're out of a book called Isaiah, a man who was a prophet, and he spoke out about what was going to happen. And we can read about it in Isaiah chapter 9. And I'm just going to read a few verses from Isaiah chapter 9. They're going to be on the screen behind me if you want to follow along. He says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. 
For he will sit on David's throne and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you this morning that you promised us that in the midst of all of our darkness, you would send light. And I pray, Lord, this morning as we celebrate that first Christmas, you'll help us to understand what that means for us in this day. And Lord, wherever we're in darkness or wherever we feel shadows or darkness in our own lives, that you would invade that darkness, even as we spend time together by the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And you would break its power. And Lord, you would lift us into life and hope and into the light of your truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know what you think of when you talk about darkness and deep darkness in terms of the world and how we live. You might think of the Nazi Holocaust. You might think of uh, this, this Soviet concentration camps under Stalin. You might think of the killing fields of Cambodia or the killing fields of Rwanda. You might think of the terrible tragedies that happen in our day, in our time, in our world and in our countries, in our own classrooms over the last few years where children have gone to school and been shot and killed in their own schools. Terrible darkness all around us in different ways. And you can look at the news and you can find it everywhere that you go. The hope of Christmas is that Jesus has come to do something about the darkness that is in this world. And not just in the world outside us. Because if we're honest, we'll recognize that even within our side of ourselves, there's darkness that exists. It might be sadness. Just a lingering sadness that you can't get rid of. Might be a depression, something that comes on you every now and again that just weighs you down and makes you feel so covered over with something that you can't get free of. It might be grief from somebody that you've lost. A number of us have lost loved ones over the course of this Christmas time. Might be all sorts of reasons why you feel darkness in your own heart. Things that have happened to you. But some of the darkness comes from inside of us. Anger and bitterness. People have hurt us and we want to get back at them. We might not say it. We might not look like we're angry on the outside, but inside we are. And every now and again, it comes out in different ways. Maybe we're jealous of people around us and what they have and the stuff they have. And we wish we had a life that was different from ours. And that makes us sad all of itself. The darkness that comes from inside of us, the Bible calls sin. Those wrong thoughts, those wrong attitudes, the wrong things that happen to us that hurt us and hurt the people around us. It hurts us in this life and ultimately it will hurt us in the life to come. Because if we do not deal with our darkness now, it will deal with us in the end. But the great hope of Christmas is that God has come to do something about our darkness. A few hundred years after Jesus walked this earth, there was a man called Augustine. Augustine was a man who was a very bright man and he was very scholarly, but he couldn't find anything in all his great learning that was going to give him peace. So he gave his life away to a, to a wild way of living and a way that grieved his mother and, and the people who cared about him. But in the middle of all of that, he felt utterly lost. And in his deepest, darkest moment, he met Jesus. And he said this, at my deepest wound, 
In my deep, deepest wound, I saw your glory and it dazzled me. Because that's what the light of Jesus does when it comes into our darkness. It awakens some hope in our lives that has lain dormant. It gives us hope of a future, not in just in this life, but in the life to come. And so let's look at the scriptures that we've been looking at this morning out of Isaiah chapter 9. And let's uncover what this light looks at. Because he starts off with this great hope. He says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On those who live in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Not just deep darkness, but one translation says, on those who live in the land of the shadow of death, on them has light shone. In other words, in all of our darkness, whatever we see in the world around us, whatever we see in our own worlds, in our own families, and what's happening in our street and around us in our workplaces, there is hope that has come because God is going to send light into our world. He's going to break into it in a way that is going to change things forever. And it's not just for people who live in darkness, but it's for people who live in the deepest sort of darkness. There is no darkness that this light will not penetrate. There is no darkness that this light cannot break into. There is no light that is too deep, that is too far gone, that is too far down, that the glorious light of Jesus Christ cannot shine into and break into. And as we go through this this morning and look at Isaiah chapter 9, I'm going to do a very simple illustration for you. I'm going to switch the lights off in a moment. So if you get a little nervous around darkness, don't get too nervous. Nothing's going to happen. We're just going to switch the lights off so I can show you a little bit of what's happening here. And then we'll switch them back on again in a moment. But if we can switch the lights off right now, that would be great. Thank you. Isaiah says that the people who live in darkness, in deep darkness, on them has a light shone. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. 700 years later, 750 years later, the Holy Spirit came upon a young woman called Mary and a baby was conceived in her womb and born in a stable in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. As was said in the children's play, an angel came to see Joseph who was engaged to be married to Mary and told Joseph to take Mary as his wife. Because the child that was to be born in her was a son who you should call Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. In other words, he's going to deal with the deepest parts of our darkness and he's going to bring us up into light. Hold on, you say this morning. You, you said it was a great light. This is not a great light. This is just a small, tiny little seed. In the womb of a young woman that grows into a small, tiny baby. But let's not make the mistake of believing that just because something is small, it is not great. 
There are many things in our world that are small, but they are very great. And the greatest of them all was Jesus, who came to us as a baby all those years ago. But the darkness doesn't like the light. Jesus says that the darkness only comes to steal and kill and destroy. There is a darkness in this world that drives our sin, that drives all the bad things that happen. And it's a darkness that is very destructive. And that darkness came against this light because it seems so small to try and snuff it out. Right at the very beginning, there was a king called Herod. And that king was jealous because he could see that something was happening in his day. And somebody had told him that there's a new king born. And so he sent all his troops off to kill all the young boys in that area. God warned Joseph and Mary in a dream and they took Jesus away and they got away from the trouble. And even though the darkness was trying to put out the light, it could not put it out. But right at the end of his 33 years, Jesus was taken to a cross and he was crucified there. Not for anything wrong that he had done because he had done no wrong. He went willingly. It was his father's will that he should go. But the darkness believed that they had Jesus. They had the light of the world and the darkness was going to be able to snuff out that light so that it would never be able to rise again. And when Jesus went to that cross and he hung on that cross, the darkness came against him. And the darkness thought that it had won. It had snuffed out that light and there was no way that that light was going to come back again. But Jesus Christ had never sinned. Death had no hold on Jesus Christ. And because of his obedience to death, even death on the cross, God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. And when he rose from the dead, he didn't just rise from the dead as he was before, but he rose up with new power and new authority. And there was light that came into the world that had not been there before. And he was risen to the highest place in heaven on earth, up in heaven, seated on the throne next to his father, giving light to all the world. And his light still shines today. And his light can be a light in your heart and a hope for your life. Let me explain to you how that works, because Isaiah tells us, do you feel that you have a darkness sometimes that just rules over you? There's nothing you can do about it. It decides when the darkness is going to come. It decides how, how long it's going to stay. It decides how bad it's going to make you feel. This darkness appears to rule over you. Isaiah says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. What does that mean? It means that this baby that's born is actually a prince. And he's going to grow up to be a king. And he's going to rule and reign over everything, including all the darkness. And the truth is that when you feel in your place of darkness, that there's a darkness that is ruling over you. There is a light that is ruling over that darkness. Jesus Christ is all the power that you will ever need. You might say, you know, I, I, the darkness to me, it's, it's, like a, it's like a confusion. I, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know where to go. There's so many things happening around me. I don't know how to make wise decisions in the midst of it all. Isaiah goes on and he says, you shall call his name Wonderful Counselor. Which means 
that if you invite this light into your world, he will always bring you the wisdom that you need. He will always show you which way to go. That's why as a church, we teach people how to listen to God and hear God and understand with our Hearing God seminar, because Jesus gives us all the wisdom that we need. That's how he brings light into our world. We might feel sometimes that the darkness is too powerful for us. It's too strong. There's nothing we can do. It comes into our lives in such a way that the heaviness, the weight of it is too big for me to bear. Isaiah says, you shall call him almighty God. So strong that there's nothing that can stand against him. There's no weight. There's no heaviness. There's no darkness that can be so strong against you that he cannot break its power. He is the mighty God. He is all the strength that you will ever need. You might say darkness comes to me in a different way. I feel alone. I feel unloved. And actually, deep down in my spirit, I feel unlovable. Isaiah says, you shall call him the everlasting father. He loves with the love of a perfect father. Not a father who has imperfections like yours and mine do, despite the fact they love us in different ways. This father loves you perfectly. And it's not like a love, like he comes to know you and he gets to know you and then he begins to love you once he gets to know you and, and then you come towards him. Now he really loves you. But if you do things wrong, now he's going to pull away because he doesn't love you anymore. That's not the sort of love that he has because he is a father who is an everlasting father. In other words, he's always loved you from beginning to, from the beginning of the ages and before the beginning of the ages. And he always will love you. He is an everlasting father and nothing you do can ever stop him from loving you. And he's released his love to you in his only son, Jesus Christ. The greatest treasure he can ever give, sent down to you at Christmas. That's how he breaks into our darkness. You might be feeling this morning, you know, my darkness is like, a, it's like the world is in chaos around me. Every time I try and straighten things out and put my life in order and my world in order, it just blows apart. And I can't bring it into order. Isaiah says you shall call him the prince of peace. That means he brings everything into order. But not just into order. That word peace is shalom. It means he brings everything into fullness. Everything into fruitfulness. Everything into joy and hope and love and light. When Jesus said the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life. And life in all its fullness. Jose Enriquez had been a miner for 33 years. For 33 years, every working day, he had gone down the shaft deep into the mine in Chile where he lived. But he knew that something was different about today. He knew because a few days before, his grandmother, who was a Christian, came to him and said to him and said to his own mother, something bad is going to happen to Jose. And he's going to feel like he cannot escape. When he left for work that morning, his daughter came and gave him such a big hug and wouldn't let him go that he began to realize something different is happening today. God is going to put me in a situation which is a different situation. And that's exactly what happened. There was a disaster at the mine. And for two months, 
33 men, including Jose, lived 2,000 feet beneath the surface in darkness in the mine in Chile. It was all over the news. I'm sure you saw it. But Jose knew Jesus. Jose knew that Jesus was all the power that he needed. He knew that he was all the wisdom that he was going to need for all of those days. He knew that he was all the strength that he was going to need to carry not just his burdens, but the burdens of the men that were down in the pit with him. He knew that he was all the love that he would ever need. And he knew that he was all the peace that he ever needed. And he began to lead Bible studies down there in the mine, 2,000 feet under the ground. Two Bible studies every day for two months. When they finally brought them up out of the ground and up back into the light again, 20 out of the 32 other men gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized because of the testimony of Jose Enrique, who knew that Jesus was the light of the world. Do you need that light this morning? Does our world need that light? Isaiah goes on to give us tremendous hope. He says this, that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. This light is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And no matter how much the darkness tries to put it out, and it will try and put it out, it will never be able to put it out. And it will grow and grow and grow until Jesus himself returns. Because he's going to sit on David's throne, upholding it with righteousness and justice from this time on and forevermore. What does that mean that he is sitting on David's throne? What does that mean for our darkness this morning? David, as you may know, was a king in the Old Testament. He was a king who made his name by fighting Goliath. The Philistines were a people that oppressed Israel. They held them captive. They wouldn't let them make up uh, weapons to fight. They took all of their corn and their grain. They took their animals. They took whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. They were under oppression. They were under slavery. And they felt under darkness. And they came to fight each other. But this great giant of a man, Goliath, came walking out in front of the Philistine troops and he challenged anybody in Israel, if you can defeat me, you can defeat the troops. But nobody would fight him. Not even the king of Israel, Saul, who was head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel. But David would not be put back by the darkness. Instead of running from it, he stood up to it. He came out to the field of battle with a sling and a stone and he took Goliath down. He was a Goliath slayer. And then they chased the armies of the Philistines. And for the rest of his life, when he became king, they chased the Philistines and all the enemies around until by the time he'd ended up at the end of his life, the the whole nation was at peace and all of the enemies had been subdued. What it means for Jesus to sit on David's throne is that Jesus is a warrior king. Jesus took on the prince of darkness when he went to the cross. And the prince of darkness thought that he had won. The great Goliaths of death and the devil that stand against us thought that they had won and they had defeated the light. But when Jesus rose again on the third day, he brought down that giant. He brought down that darkness. He broke its power. 
And he lives on that throne and he ever lives to bring his enemies in subjection under his feet. In other words, he's going to go on fighting darkness. He's going to go on destroying darkness. And he is fighting darkness, not just in other people, but he will fight your darkness if you will let him. Because he is a warrior king. Philip Davidson ended up his working life as as an attorney in Nashville, but that's not where he started off. He started off as a young army officer, infantry officer in the Vietnam War. He went out there and he got used to killing people and having his comrades killed. His heart got hard to the place where he could do things that were horrific and he wouldn't even think about it. He was in his hiding hole one day and they got a news through over the radio that he was going to be taken out in two hours. So the helicopter came for him and picked him up and took him out. He waved goodbye to his troops, thinking he would be back there in a day or so. But that's not what happened. They took him back to Saigon. They put him on a plane and they sent him home. In 72 hours, he had gone from a firefight to walking the streets of the US of A. And he said it was like a man came back from space. And he didn't know what to do with it. His brain was scrambled. His heart was scrambled. He tried to make a life. He tried to put things together, but he just couldn't. And the darkness grew and grew on him. He began to realize that he couldn't keep relationships. He blew away everybody who ever got close to him. He was nervous about everything that was happening around him. And even though by the strength of his character, he was able to hold down a few jobs for a while, his world was closing in around him. And he eventually wrote, the darkness has taken me. I'm alone. I'm suicidal. But his grandma had given him a Bible. And he took that Bible. He said, I don't even know why I did it. And he started to thumb through the Bible. And he came to the story of David in the Bible. And he began to read the story of David. And he recognized, I know this man. He's a warrior. He's seen battle. He's done some stuff that, that, just, that just haunts him, that chases him. It's a darkness that would get him. But this David has found a warrior king who will fight for him. This David has said of that warrior king, he is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? And Philip gave his life over to that warrior king and to Jesus. And when Ronald Reagan brought him into his advisory committee to help the Vietnam vets who were struggling. And with this new diagnosis that they had never recognized before, post-traumatic stress disorder. When he dealt with people, he wasn't just talking to them about therapy or about some medication that they could take because that's not what had helped him. He talked about the warrior king who fought for warriors. He talked about the light of the world that could come into anybody's darkness and could lift them out of it and save them from it. And he led them to Jesus Christ. He sits on David's throne. It's a warrior throne. David's throne is a shepherd's throne. David learned how to lead people by leading sheep out on the hills. Interestingly enough, the same hills that those shepherds were sitting on when the angels came to them just outside of Bethlehem. Those people before David came were scattered. They were disunited. They were all over the place. And David brought them together and he fed them and he cared for them and he led them and he looked after them. If you will give your life to the light of the world today, you will discover that Jesus is the best friend and the greatest shepherd you will ever have.